0: Cleveland. I'm actually in the States at the moment, recording this from Chicago. And uh, apologies, it's been a bit late recording. Actually, I'm in Detroit now. Apologies, it's been a bit late recording this today. I've had hiccups, I've had problems trying to connect to Wi-Fi in airports. But I'm really happy to say I have got Corey Kinnan from NFL Spin Zone on the show.
1: Corey, how are you? I am doing well. I'm excited to be here, ready to talk some Browns.
0: Excellent. And uh, big news just happened. McCoy has not signed with the Browns. He has signed with the Panthers. What's your first thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's a bummer. He's a great player. I really thought he would have uh, fit in well with uh, the defensive line rotation. I'm left wondering what the Browns are going to do. It seems they're a little slim behind their starters still. I was a shock to, to not really see them address that in the, in the draft. Obviously, they have the front four that's star-studded with uh, Garrett, Sheldon, Vernon, and, uh, or Richardson, Vernon, and Joby. Behind that, there's not really much. Um, but my main takeaway with McCoy signing with the Panthers, um, if I had to guess, I would say that wasn't his best offer. Um, I would say the Browns probably offered him more money uh, than the Panthers were able to. Um, but there seems to be maybe a little bit of revenge um, in this signing to where McCoy still gets to play his former team twice a year. Um, and I would say that probably outweighed the money the Browns could have offered him. Um, so those are my initial thoughts on, on McCoy. It's a bummer, but we'll move yeah. on.
0: My thoughts were, Maybe it was the sunshine. Maybe he just wanted to be a bit south. Maybe he wanted a bit of sun. Um, what is it? Eight eight million is base,
1: and then he can go up to ten point two five. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, and he got a four million dollar signing bonus. So he signed for four million dollar signing bonus, eight million dollar base salary, an additional two point two five could be earned in incentives based off of his play for one year. Yeah. Um,
0: do you honestly think that the Browns would offer that?
1: Uh, I would have thought that they probably offered him more than that. Yeah.
0: Be interesting. We'll never know. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. My views on it is, um, as Jack, my co-host, always says, we are over the cap space. And he's a (laughs) 31-year-old. He is obviously pro-bowl level. But, yeah, maybe maybe it's a blessing in disguise. But I just don't know how – or where we're going to find a defensive tackle. Um, we've got, obviously, the starting two look great, but then we've got Coley, and then who else
1: we got? We haven't really got anyone there. So, Oh, my not- goodness. Yeah, a bunch of guys that were claimed off of the waivers at the end of preseason last year from other teams who didn't make the final rosters, like Carl Davis. Um, uh, they traded for a guy, last name Lawrence, from the Saints. I don't remember his first name. Uh, but, I mean... Brian Price played a few snaps, but really, really no depth behind the starters. Um, so if I had to guess, they'll probably make some more moves uh, like they did last year, claiming people off of the waivers as they are cut from near the end of the preseason as teams are cutting down from their final, to their final 53-man roster.
0: Yeah, I, I really think that this is one position – if you look at the depth of our roster that where there is one hole at the moment. Um, So um, yeah, I really feel that, yeah, we are, this is the one position that we need. I feel at linebacker, we're fine. Um, We've got four potential starters there and yeah, and everywhere else, I think we're, we're we're fine, but
1: defensive tackle is my area of concern. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think, Maybe linebacker a year from now could be a concern. Um, but this year, I think they're pretty set, whether they like where they're set um, or not. Um, I recently wrote another article that I, if I had to guess, I would think that the Browns might want to move on from Christian Curtin just because he's not the player um, that his price tag demands. But um, they're pretty locked in this year because he carries a pretty high cap casualty. So I don't see him going anywhere, at least for 2019. Um, yeah. But if then if they do move on with him from him after this year, then they just drafted two linebackers in the third and fifth round this year, Taki Taki and Wilson. So um, for at least 2019, they seem pretty set at linebacker.
0: Yeah, the the players which I think um, are expensive and could be uh, leave would be uh, uh, Vernon. He's on a lot of money. Mm. Uh, Schober, Curtsy, and Duke Johnson—they're the ones on top of my head that. I feel that could be replaced end of end of this season uh, with some younger and cheaper blood.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you, uh, minus Schobert. It, I, I really like Showbert, and I think he has warranted uh, an extension after this year. But um, I'm not really sure what what's going on in the head of John Dorsey. He just drafted two linebackers, so with Showbert in his contract year, so I'm not sure what he's thinking there.
0: Yeah, I, I want to be really clear. Obviously, I've had show, but on the show, I'm a massive fan of him and Megan, uh, but that was just more of a commercial uh, opinion that, yeah, they are quite expensive. So, uh, yeah, obviously, trying to get cap space for Baker and um, Garrett coming up, we do have to make some cuts at some point. Um, Absolutely. But, Corey, we're going to talk a little bit about your article in um, NFL Spin Zone that you did a couple of days ago. But first of all, Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where are you based? Why are you a Browns fan?
1: Yeah, so right now I live in Columbus, Ohio, um, the capital city uh, with um, my wife. We've moved here. I moved here probably close to three years ago now. Um, uh, but I've been a Browns fan since day one. Um, I was born and raised in Mansfield, Ohio, just an hour and 15 from Cleveland. So um, from a young age, my family are a big Browns fans. So I've just been indoctrinated from a, from a young age and uh, so I've just been with the Browns my whole life, and then over these past few years, I've just really taken an interest into a, a deeper dive into the team, into the league, into the draft, um, and those are where my interests in, in writing have come from. And then over the past year, um, I've gotten into um, and with FanSided to to pursue those avenues to where I can express my opinions and my thoughts, and um, maybe even my expertise in, in some areas through through writing. So it's been really great.
0: Yeah, awesome. I've actually been to Mansfield in Ohio, I think around 2005 or 2006, and um, there's a big, there's a Browns backers there as well, wasn't there, because I went to the pub.
1: Uh, I would assume there is, yeah. Um, I never, um, just because I watched them at my house with my dad, um, but I'm, I, I'm sure there is one there as well.
0: I could almost direct you where it is, but I couldn't remember the name of it, so, uh, but I was there. Okay. That's uh, awesome. uh yeah and i was enjoying it much but um so uh yeah you did this article on nfl spin zone um yeah do you want to tell us a little bit more about it
1: yeah so basically i uh just briefly tried to give a summary of of otas that happened over the past nine days um ending at on friday um obj was not there i don't care not a big deal um But what I did try to sift through from from media sessions with the coaches or those Twitter videos that would pop up with players running routes or highlights from that, quotes from the team, um, or just writers as well, I tried to sift through all that and try to identify uh, three maybe under-the-radar players who could be looking at maybe unexpectedly big role and it's OTA, so there's no pads on. It's super early, um, so really, it's too early to tell. But really, just trying to identify what are three players to watch as the summer progresses. Not so much like not so much these players are going to be superstars in 2019, but as the summer progresses, these players are are names to keep tabs on, basically.
0: How do you expect his yeah. personality and, uh, you to work with the Browns uh, roster Hilliard.
1: that uh, John Dorsey has built there? I did message uh, oh, mess, uh, so, uh, mention Hilliard, so my elbow injury. Um, I really am intrigued with Hilliard. To he really just uh, continued his specialty. He's a big fisherman. Um, but with the impending trade of Duke Johnson, I'm really not sure what's going on with Duke Johnson either. He could be here. He could not be here. It doesn't seem like the Browns are concerned with trading him. If they get an offer that they like, they'll probably take it, but they're not forcing anything at this point. Um, but with the uncertainty of Duke Johnson and then obviously the eight-game suspension of Kareem Hunt, um, the only other back that was on the roster last year was Hilliard. Um, So what I've been reading, seeing, it would seem that Hilliard has had a good past nine days, um, and just by process of elimination, Nick Chubb's going to have to come off the field at some point, um, which would mean that Hilliard would be next in line, assuming Duke Johnson might not be here and Hunt won't be with the team for the first eight games. Um, well, so he's definitely an interesting name to keep an eye on. Well the deeper.
0: reports coming in today from like Mary Kays that Duke Johnson was in the did report into the Browns minicamp today. So that's a good sign and um, it's scary the the thought that we may have four awesome running backs.
1: Yeah. So Duke Johnson was there. I expected that with mandatory stuff coming up. Again, it doesn't seem like the Browns are pressed or motivated to trade him. Obviously, he wants the trade. They're not motivated. The running back market has been crap um, with Jordan Howard from the Bears getting traded to the Eagles for like a sixth-round pick. I yeah. just don't see the Browns biting on a sixth-round pick for, for Dick Johnson. Um, so obviously, if they get a deal, they'll probably grant his wishes, but there's nothing out there at this point.
0: It's, it's crazy we got a... Fifth for Hyde when you think about it now.
1: Yeah, that is that is one of the more baffling moves by the Jaguars. Um, it's actually a, a pretty fun storyline to kind of follow too. With uh, it seemed like every week Hugh Jackson saying we got to get Nick Chubb more carries, and then they never did. And then Dorsey was finally like, "Here, I'll help you," <laughs> by trading Hyde and forcing them to give Nick Chubb more carries. But um, yeah, getting a fifth for Hyde is an absolute thief. That's theft. So. Yeah.
0: And yeah, Hilliard could have a real breakout season. You just never know how much Johnson or Hunt, or there could be an injury in that running back room and, or even returns. We could see, um, uh, Hilliard having a major part in, uh,
1: returns. Absolutely. That's a role. He, he returned kicks last year. He, I don't remember seeing him out there on punts, but for sure he was, uh, he was in there on kicks. Um, which is kind of his niche right now. But if I had to guess, um, he could be looking at, at some playing time on offense um, other than throwing the ball and trick plays um, like he did last year. But.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And who's second on your list?
1: Uh, second is uh, offensive lineman Kyle Kalis. Um, so with, with Kalis, um, the big storyline heading into camp, obviously, is Zeitler was traded um, for Olivier Vernon uh, to the Giants. And then stepping up in his role was supposed to be Austin Corbett, who was picked with the first pick of the second round last year. Um, But throughout OTAs, it was not Austin Corbett getting the the reps at right guard, but it was Kalis. Um, Kalis undrafted out of Michigan in 2017. Uh, He bounced around the league for a little bit, landed with the Colts, uh, saw action in four games with them before getting cut, landing with the Browns. Uh, didn't really see any action other than special teams for the Browns last year. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's either it's peculiar on two parts. Either Kalos has progressed really well and forced the Browns hand or the Browns swung and missed with Austin Corbett last year. Um, again, there's no pads on its OTAs. It's early in the summer. So it's hard to tell, but those are kind of the two interesting dynamics to, to take away from this.
0: Yeah. I really, I really hope that, um, Corbett was such a high pick. It wasn't just like a second round pick. He was a, a super late first round pick when you think about it. So, uh, um, yeah, it would be a real waste if we let him go in the next one or two seasons. So, uh, I really hope we haven't made a bad call there on him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's early. Um, but again, this article is just trying to identify players to continue to watch throughout the summer. Um, so it remains an interesting camp battle entering training camp, entering mini camp um, to see what happens the rest of the summer with these two.
0: The exciting thing about our O-line is that I believe we've got great depth from our first first starting lineup and our second starting lineup. I feel we've got depth all the way through at the moment. I'm really excited with the O-line. I know some people are a bit concerned with Greg Robinson and um, – yeah, but I, uh, I'm personally okay. really excited about the O-line.
1: Yeah, I'm less concerned with Greg Robinson, less concerned with the left side, and maybe concerned is a bad word because obviously the offensive line played, played really well the last eight games, but interested um, with the Browns paying Chris Hubbard a lot of money last offseason to play right tackle and then paying uh, Kendall Lamb a lot of money this offseason to potentially compete with. Hovered at right tackle. So it seems like they've got a lot of money invested right there, Um, which is that's interesting for me to to think about and to follow.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited about the O-line, especially of how well it played at the end of last season. And, um, yeah, coming to this season, I'm super excited. Um, Obviously, uh, we've lost one major piece to the Giants, but, yeah, hopefully we've now built a lot of depth around that.
1: Yeah, I'm, i overall. I'm not too worried about the offensive line. Um, they, I mean, they gave up by far the least amount of sacks the last eight game of the years. And I uh, removing uh, Zeidler is a huge piece, but um, overall, not super concerned about the offensive line.
0: Awesome. And uh, who's the third name on your list?
1: Yeah. So third is um, the safety Jermaine Whitehead. So Jermaine Whitehead was cut by the Packers. Um, about halfway through the season, I think a little bit over halfway through the season, and the Browns claimed him off the waivers at that point. Uh, never really – he saw some playing time on the field, uh, not a whole lot. Um, but with the trade of Peppers, um, Gabriel Peppers to the Giants as well as part of the OBJ deal, um, Jermaine Whitehead was getting a lot of safety reps with the starting defense, um, which is – it's a bit surprising, basically, because he was a waiver claim a year ago, didn't pl- get a lot of playing time, uh, considering they signed Morgan Burnett, who, granted, was also getting first-team safety reps. Um, as they, as the NFL is transitioning to more of a two-linebacker defense, three-safety linebacker defense, Whitehead seems to be fitting that uh, that hybrid linebacker safety role for the Browns, which is um, a role that Peppers played um, when I mean, they packaged him uh, in that kind of hybrid role as well when he wasn't a strong safety. But it's interesting because they traded for Eric Murray um, by trading away Emmanuel Ogbe to the Chiefs and signed Morgan Burnett and drafted Sheldrick Redwine in the fourth round this year as well. Um, but it is Whitehead that Steve Wilkes is calling a leader on the defensive side of the ball out of all of those names. Um, and so that's peculiar to me. Yeah, when you look at
0: it, you've got Burnett, who's obviously... Going to be the starter, especially looking at the cap. He looks like he's being paid to start anyway. Absolutely. uh, You then got um, obviously Randall, and then you've got uh, uh, Murray, Mm -hmm. and who's the last one? Uh, Red wine. Uh, uh, Yeah, and we drafted red wine. So we've already got four safeties there. Plus, obviously, uh, special teams going to be a huge thing as well. So yeah. yeah, Whitehead, I just don't know how much he's going to get playing because of how strong our safety room is or how much we've invested into that safety room. Uh,
1: that Yeah, that is interesting. Um, going back to Murray, um, with Brian Body Calhoun signing with the Texans this summer, it seems like Murray might get that um, that slot, uh, nickel kind of role that, that Body Calhoun played last year, um, while Redwine... On those on those packages with two linebackers, um, we'll we'll probably see some playing time. Um, again, it's OTAs, it's early, um, but I think it's very interesting how highly the defensive coordinator is speaking on him, calling him a leader on the defensive side of the ball, um, and he's got kind of got that size and skill set to be kind of that modernized linebacker safety hybrid. Um, so I'm interested. To, I'm I'm it's piqued my interest so
0: yeah great, right, and Cora, I always ask my guests this question when they come on the show is, How do you see the Browns going
1: win loss record this year? What, what numbers are you going to go with? Whew. Um, I'm skeptical of buying of one hundred percent buying into all of the hype. Uh, with that being said, I think I think a realistic expectation would be ten or eleven. I could see I, I, I want to kind of try to temper the expectations a little bit, and I'm gonna go with 10 or 11, somewhere in that ballpark.
0: All right, well look, um, I like to be tough on the show, there's a gun to your head. 10 or 11, which one are you gonna go with?
1: I'll go on the high side, I'll go 11. Okay, good
0: man, very positive. I'm, I'm, I'm 10 and six, I'm, uh, I'm uh, yeah, a bit cautious, so I'm a bit steady on that one. But uh, Corey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where can people find your details?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter at real Corey Kinnan. Um, uh, from there, you, there are links to, um, all I, so through fansighted, I write for three different sites. You can see all the links there to that. Um, those are pretty much the the two main places that you'll see me interacting with people. So.
0: All right. Awesome. So yeah, I think just to wrap the show off, obviously McCoy, we've missed out on a 31 year old defensive tackle, life goes on tomorrow we hopefully see some media with the uh, uh mandatory ota so uh, we know that duke johnson's in the building we know that uh, beckham's in the building so that's all great so yeah hopefully it's a nice week for the browns no injuries
1: and come on the browns i love it let's go